You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from my friends. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bad Words, an evangelical podcast where we give toxic theology the read that it deserves by taking another look at some of the books and other works that have been given major influence in evangelical Christianity. I am Janice Legata, and this is an unofficial warm-up for season two, where the plan as it stands at the moment is to take on Wild at Heart and Captivating. But first, a deep dive into some spoken bad words as we tackle a sermon about wokeism that I think is woefully ignorant. So we're going to listen in with my friend Tim. He and I will talk through it, and in the end, I will give you some closing thoughts, all with the intention of leaving you free to think your own thoughts about the preacher, the preaching, and all things really. So without further ado, let's get into... Before we get into the message, we'll just talk a little bit about Ed Young. Had you heard of him before? Like, what are your thoughts and knowledge of Ed Young? Honest answer, Janice, is that up until this this sermon, I did not know who Ed Young was. Now, it turns out, I think he comes from a long lineage of like pretty well established preachers, and like I think I think his father or someone in his family was part of the what was the president of the SBC at one point. But I don't know much about Ed Young up until this sermon. And honestly, I'm not sure if I want to know much more about, about Ed Young after watching this sermon. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, so I owe you a lot of apologies. I also apologize for bringing Ed Young into your life. Thank Uh, you. For me, he is, he's someone I've known about for a long, long time. He did travel in the Hillsong circle. So I I don't know when I first heard of him, but I'm sure I first saw him at like a Hillsong conference in Sydney. And then at Hillsong, New York, they did like a relationship series. Ed Young and his wife, Lisa, came and did the first one. And Ed always, always, always has some kind of gimmick. So people will remember that relationship series because they brought in a bed and like preach from the bed. Like, that was his thing. So I know him as this gimmicky joke. Like he's, he's a clown. There was something maybe a few months ago, maybe a year ago where he, he did like a rap song, something. So I had commented on that. Wait, Ed Young rap. I, okay. Now I'm getting a blurry picture maybe of Ed Young because, oh, okay. This rings a bell. How long ago was this? Not long ago enough. Like he's always doing something ridiculous. Like the man is an attention seeker which I think most evangelical pastors are, but he takes it to another level. And so with this message, mm. I accidentally ended up watching the whole thing, looking for just like another little clip to just kind of make fun of, right. and then stumbled across a certain line that he said, and I was like, whoa, whoa wait a minute, like this is something, this, yeah. this, is, <laughs> this is more than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I have to watch this whole thing and see, hope, hope, I'm just, imagining the worst but no it's it's the worst mm-hmm. i thought we would just talk about it but then watching over it again i was like no we need to go through this line by line and i'm in friend i'll i'll strap in with you <laughs> we can go through it line by line because there is a lot There's happening so much. a lot There's of layers so to unpack here a lot so much. and it yeah. thankfully thankfully is only half an hour but it... it's like watching paint dry half hour it's a long half hour <laughs> this is not like a good tv show half hour <laughs> watching racist paint dry <laughs> i shouldn't laugh at that but yeah i mean it pretty much is watching an old white man say he's not racist by being racist unbelievably unbelievably racist and also ignorant i mean i know we'll unpack more of the details but this whole sermon is so ignorant and also contradicting it's and i'll point that out as we kind of go along there are some amazing 
contradictory moments that made me just go, his his message writers didn't catch this. They didn't catch how Ed's doing the very thing he's accusing, quote-unquote, wokeism. I even hate using that term. I feel gross even saying it because of how he appropriates it. But for sake of this conversation, you know, even the way he defines and gets there, it's so it's so hypocritical. And I'll explain what I mean when, 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 when it comes up. But, yeah, it, it is... It's a really bad sermon. I mean, it's horrible. All right. Now that your interest is piqued with that rousing endorsement of Ed Young, let me give you a few quick notes before we jump in. This episode features me and my friend, and if you're lucky, yours, Tim, the founder and one of the New Evangelicals. It also features the audio of Ed Young's Can a Christian Be Woke message as he preached it on Sunday, August 14th at the building that provides a location for his merch table. In real time, the message is just under half an hour, but even that is unbearable, so you will notice that his audio is sped up and is playing at one and a half times the normal speed. This is the first episode of Bad Words in a while and sort of a warm-up for the second season, and I'm considering trying out some new things, including possibly using a feature that allows for a few people to tune in for the live recording of the podcast and interact via a chat feature. And we did that for this episode, so you may notice a few spots where we referred to commentary that was happening in the chat. And speaking of commentary, as I was editing this episode and hearing Ed's awful, awful sermon again, I had some more thoughts and remembered some things I forgot to say, so there will be a few places where you you hear this sound. Wow, that's pretty heavy. And I will drop in to add some additional commentary. And I think that's it. So buckle up and away we go. I got these new glasses. How do you like these? My my prescription changed, and so I, I got fitted for these, and I really like them. I'm trying to get used to them. I can see way, way back there, and I have a hard time like looking at the Bible and reading that, but you know, the glasses are okay. Have you ever been to one of those steakhouses that have the soft serve ice cream machine by the salad bar. Have you ever been to one of those? Those those are interesting places. The drill is you eat the fat steak and then after that you reward yourself with some ice cream. I doubt seriously, and we have a soft serve ice cream machine here, I doubt seriously that someone would just go directly to this soft serve ice cream and bypass the beef. I mean, I don't think that really happens. So first of all, so I mean, you ever been to one of those steakhouses, so what you're describing here, sir, is a buffet. Because Golden Corral. it's got the soft serve <laughs> ice cream machine next to the salad bar, that's a buffet. <laughs> and as a vegetarian, I would take the soft serve over the steak every time. Mm-hmm. But my first thought over this was like, this is, you're talking about a buffet, and a buffet is something with you know a myriad of options. And of course, being evangelical, you're going to boil it down to two choices. You want soft serve or you want steak, and if you want soft serve, you want the wrong thing. That's right. I just want to add that that this this church is so rich, they can just pick up a soft serve ice cream machine and throw it on stage and brand it. But it is, you know, white evangelical megachurch pastors, you know, what makes them successful is that they are good communicators to a general audience. And you can tell right away, because we're all, most of us anyway, probably, probably watching this for evangelicals. He's, he is absolutely setting himself up for something that will be reused throughout the sermon. So this, you know, this attempt to be personable is just a gimmick to set up his sermon and how he launches into it, right? Oh, I got new glasses. Nope, there's a reason he's saying that. He's not just telling you that. Oh, uh, anyone here ever eat steak before? Who does? Who? Unless you're vegetarian or vegan. But you know, most carnivores have eaten steak. But again, that's a setup 
because we're going somewhere. And where are we going, Ed? How do we get from soft serve ice cream to this topic? You're about to watch the master at work. <laughs> master is the perfect word and the worst word because that's what he wants well, to be. Well, if you're a kid, it does. You know, kids are immature. They don't know. But I love soft serve ice cream. I love ice cream. It's my favorite dessert. It really is. Mm. I love it. You know, in our, in our culture today, it seems as though a lot of us are doing that. It seems as though a lot of us are bypassing the beef and we're just eating soft serve ice cream, especially when it comes to truth, especially when it comes to today's topic, because at, at, at Fellowship, we're not a ice cream serving church. We're not. We serve the beef, the keto diet, the protein of the word of God. And Mega church culture thrives off of selling soft serve. You're going to hear a lot of talk from Ed about how the gospel's offensive, not to his audience. That's why it's successful. So a I, lot of the words that Ed will use throughout this sermon, they, I mean, honestly, it, it is the kind of thing where we really could go sentence by sentence. We'll be here all day, but every statement is so loaded with, 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 with other meanings behind it that, that do not support what, the, what it sounds like on the surface. And this is one of those examples, you know, and you're going to hear it all throughout this sermon, how Ed will say many times the gospel's offensive, not his gospel, not to a white audience, you know? So it's not about, about being offended. It's about right. who he's offending that, that he really cares about, you know? So. And like that little, that little bit just before he finished talking about the soft serve reads, you know, who, who would pick it first? No, maybe a kid or someone who's immature, like throughout this message, like he's sewing just all these different little ideas of, Oh, you like ice cream? And we haven't even gotten to the bit. Spoiler alert. <laughs> wokeism is ice cream right, right? but right. so maybe maybe you would choose it if you're immature then. exactly that's exactly right it's so dehumanizing already sometimes it is not always popular sometimes it can be offensive sometimes you feel like whoa that that kind of hurts i feel that way and i'm i'm the pastor i'm just teaching and telling you what the word of god says we have to understand the gospel the death burial and resurrection of jesus christ is offensive it's not always easy to stomach the gospel because we have to admit that we're sinners, and that's tough for someone like you. It's just its just so important to pull out. We have to pull this thread out if, if we're doing this. First off, Ed's worth $11 million. I don't want to hear about how he's uncomfortable or how like he gets offended. This guy runs the show. He's created a space where he's the, he's the authority figure, all right, number one. Number two, how is the death and resurrection of Jesus actually offensive? It's only offensive if you load it with like fundamentalist evangelical theology of, well, you're an evil, rotten person. If you don't accept accept this, you're going to burn in hell forever. Also, you have to accept all his political views. That's when it becomes quote unquote offensive. So it's not that, that, that the actual statement that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again on the third day is offensive. It's what it represents in white evangelical spaces that makes so many people not want to be a part of it. That's an important thing, I think, just to call out in the beginning of, of this conversation. Because I had that thought, too, and I, I mean, I'm a little far from it all, right, as an ex-evangelical, and I don't, I don't particularly believe in sin and all of this stuff anymore, so it's, I don't always want to say something, because I'm like, I might be too far, too far gone in it, but, like, the story of Jesus doesn't, has never offended me, right? It's, it's all the stuff that gets heaped on top of it, like, this idea, you have to, you have to admit that you're a sinner and think that, ah, that is offensive, because I don't think I do, <laughs> But right, that's, right. I'm woke and that's a whole other topic. So For someone like me right. to do. Then we have to humble ourselves, turn from our sins, and receive what Jesus did on the cross. That's, that's a tall order for any 
human being, for any sinner. Yeah, throughout the ages, I, I think it's interesting how we have tried to come up with all of these different systems in order to alleviate our sin nature, to, to alleviate our responsibility. Because think about it, when sin is introduced into the equation, all of a sudden, we have this major responsibility on our lives. I mean, what do we, what do, we do with sin? Yeah, we've come up with these sophisticated systems to mitigate our sin nature, to mitigate guilt, to mitigate conviction. And throughout the ages as you study world history, you can, you can see that. Well, in today's world, we decided to build a system, I would argue wokeism, which is basically soft serve ice cream. And, and, and the scary part about it is, if we just serve this and eat this, it can really, really mess us up. Wokeism, a lot of people are scared to talk about it, wokeism. I mean, some of us here would go, oh, I'm, I'm anti-woke. You might be in that crowd, I'm, I'm not woke. No, no, not me yet. Others of you would be like, I'm just dazed and confused about the subject. <laughs> hey, I'm here to tell you, it is confusing. I've, I've taken a deep dive into it over the last several months and it's, it's hard even for me to wrap my brain around. And, and, and I understand you're, you're, you're confused. A minute ago, ice cream was his favorite food and now wokeism is ice cream. So I'm already, I'm already confused, which he said, which he said we are, right? But also like, it's not that confusing. And so to set this up as this thing you cannot understand unless you do a deep dive into it, I understand why, why you're confused. It's not confusing. It's confusing because you've made something up, That's but right. it's, not, it's not confusing. You're completely correct, man. There's just so much that he says over and over again. Even his, his whole concept of, you know, I wrote it down, uh, you know, that we, that we make systems, sophisticated systems to try and mitigate sin. Like, yes, I mean, one way of putting that in layman's terms, so to speak, would be, hey, how do we make sense when, when people do bad things and that things don't always go according to plan, right? Or when natural disasters happen, how do we explain that? Different worldviews have different language for it. In the Christian tradition, they might call it sin. And they've created a system to work within to try and right. mitigate sin. In this case, Jesus dies. And in some way, depending, depending on what theologian you ask, something about sin gets conquered right so yes that that is one way of, of looking at that but there are other ways that could help us as we understand the world to understand to put it in more of a christian language to understand how sin impacts the world in systemic ways now of course janice we both agree that the term wokeism is a made up term by white people right i mean the phrase right. is actually the term is actually woke but it has nothing to do with, with what we're talking about here but ed's going to take that term and we're going to see soon redefine it and make it this like straw man and then call that the actual boogeyman that, that, that's threatening the church. It's a disaster, but it, it, here, here we are. Here we are. People are going to buy it. His church is going to watch it. They're going to go, Ed, you're so smart. You're so intelligent. Yes, you've done your research. Okay. You know, and this must be now the new gospel. And that's why it's effective. Right. And it is. Like one of the scary things about this is if you look at, at the stats, like the viewership, something of his from a month ago is like 1.8. 2,000 viewers. This is from a week ago, and it's 6,500 wow. you know, right wow. now. Some of that, hopefully, is just clickbait and rage watching like this. Right. <laughs> but some of it is people buying into this. Yeah, and I, I think it also just affirms, just on, the, on a broader level, that for some reason, many pastors, especially white men, they have this uh, illusion that somehow they can speak on things they're not qualified to talk about. You know, and right. Ed Young is not qualified talk about these things the way he's talking about them it's evident that he hasn't done real deep reading and even sitting with some of these concepts as we're going to see in a little but bit. he said he said he did oh right you're right my bad you're right <laughs> others would go 
uh, I'm sort of woke, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a racist and, and, and I'm against anything that, that has that kind of hint about judging someone because of their skin color. And, and so maybe and I'm kind of splitting the difference and still others here, others would be woke. You're like, you know, I'm woke. I talked to a guy yesterday in a coffee shop when I was studying for this message, he recognized me and I, I talked to him a couple of times and, and he said, you know, Ed, I'm on the far, far, far left. I said, cool. I said, you know, I'm studying wokeism. He goes, man, I, I would really be interested in that. So I understand that we're gonna have a conversation, an open and honest conversation about wokeism. I'm gonna argue God's side of the equation. So first of all, nobody. Okay, there's somebody for everything. So somebody in the world does describe themselves as, you know what, I'm on the far, far, far left. I have never <laughs> said that, but somebody, somebody in the world does, and he just happened to run across the one guy who said, I am on the far, far, far left. And you know what? For some reason, I'd be really interested to hear what you, white man, right. have to say about wokeism. Blessed and highly favored. That's Ed's life. That's his motto. <laughs> just finds these people randomly. Also, one of, one of the problems, too, is that, you know, because there's so much overlap to like a, to like, like a, like a comedy special, you don't know how much this is, is fact versus fiction, right? Like, okay, right. Ed, you're telling me you're worth $11 million. You were sitting in what? A Starbucks just hanging out and someone approached you asking what you're studying and you're like, oh, wokeism. They go, oh, well, Ed, I'm on the far, far, far left. And he goes, you know what? Thanks for telling me. I'm going to use this in my sermon example tomorrow. Like, is that really what happened here, Ed? But you don't really know. You don't know. So. No, I know. It did not happen. <laughs> it absolutely did not happen. Well, you're the, you're the expert here. When you were working back in your Hillsong days, was that a common occurrence of, like, they pretend that there's, like, some real-life story that's just made up to make people connect with them? Is that is that a thing? Yeah, absolutely. I remember editing one of Josh Kimes' sermon. He was telling this story. And I, like, critiqued his story. I was like, this is not a real story. This could not have happened. Mm. And, like, at no point did he say, no, like, this this really happened. He was like, okay, how can I fix it? Oh. And so they do... They do what any storyteller does. You're, you're just pulling a bunch of events together yeah. and you're making it work for your narrative. Has Ed Young ever been to a coffee shop? Yes, probably. <laughs> Has he ever talked to someone? Has anyone in his life ever asked him, oh, what are you doing? Mm. Probably. But did this sequence of events happen in this sequence of events? No. That is so good, Absolutely Janice. Not. That's brilliant. Wow. Absolutely not. So then here's where we start to get to the to the stake of this thing. Hold me back, Dan, as I'm ready. <laughs> when I Googled what it means to be woke, check this, check this definition out. Woke. Someone who is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why people laughed when he said alert. And it's like the little thing. This bothered me. I was like, me too. what? Me too. What is going on? Right, here? right, right. That something's wacky there. And by the Something's way, let me just say this definition. Great. Like this is what, you know, a lot of people in, in our current cultural moment was like, yeah, like this is what it can mean. And, and I did it. And I did a thing with, with Benji kind of explained the history of the term. Yeah. And he points out like this is kind of like the, the, the essence behind it. You know, it's like being alert to injustice and racism, etc. So, OK, Ed, great job. You found the definition of woke. Wow, that's pretty heavy. So yes, Ed did find the definition of woke, but even from the very beginning, he's playing fast and loose with the truth. He says the definition is someone who is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. But the actual definition is 
alert to injustice in society, especially racism. And that seems like such an insignificant quibble, right? But it's not, because from the very beginning, Ed is trying to make woke an identity, and it's not. It's not an ideology. It's not a religion. It's not a noun. It's not a person, place, or thing. It's an adjective. Unlike, let's say, a nationalist or a Democrat or a Republican, if I say I'm a Democrat, I can't say, but I'm also a Republican. And what Ed wants to do and does do later on is pretend that woke is an ideological identity so he can say, I can't be woke and be a Christian. And that is some ignorant bullshit. And spoiler alert, that's all this message is. And speaking of alert, when Ed says that he is alert to injustice, especially racism, he's wrong. Because while we're over here in the dictionary, let's define alert, which is to be quick to notice any unusual and potentially dangerous or difficult circumstance. It is to be vigilant. And Ed is none of the above when it comes to injustice, especially racism. Being aware of something is not the same as being alert. I am aware of the Kardashians, but I'm not alert to what's going on with them because I don't care. And if Ed were honest, he'd say that racial injustice is a Kardashian to him. But we're going somewhere with this, Janice, and I have a point to make, and I can't wait to make it. So whenever you're ready, let that bad boy roll. <laughs> I read that, I go, that's me. I'm someone who's alert. I've got new glasses on too. I'm alert to injustice. I'm, I'm definitely uh, uh, for justice, right? And especially racism. Is there racism in the world today? Yes. Is there racism in our culture today? Yes. Are we against it, those of us who are Christ followers? Yes. So that sounds good. Everything's good. I guess I'm woke. Well, don't jump on that train so fast, Ed, because here's what wokeism does. I would argue it's sort of a religion. Wokeism takes terms that we're familiar with and they redefine them. Because what is racist to a woker would not be racist to those of us who were Christ followers. What is social justice to the woker is not social justice to you and me. And here's where it gets very, very confusing. Like any cult though, there are cults out there. They take terms that we're very, very familiar with. They redefine them. A definition that, that I've come up with after reading a lot of brilliant Christian thinkers and also atheistic thinkers who are non-woke, here is what I've come up with. What is wokeism? It's an authoritarian worldview that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of our Christian faith by overwhelming, overpowering, and overthrowing those who do not adhere to its ideology. Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy. <sighs> Can we just put out the obvious that this guy gives a definition of woke that is, I would say, culturally accurate for, for the moment, and then says, you know, cults, they redefine terms. And then in the next sentence goes a term yes. I've come up with. Like, uh, yeah. Hey, did, did did your message writers not catch this like major blunder? Are, do you realize what you're saying? Like I don't. I'm just shocked. <laughs> I, I'm shocked that I'm shocked that got through. I'm shocked. I cannot believe it. Tim, it wasn't even the next sentence. Like there was a, there was a comma. That was the right. same sentence. Colts, they read they take words that we know and they redefine them and they make up their own definition. And here's a definition <laughs> I have come up with. Speaking of cults what? and making up things, yeah. What? It's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, I, I, again, it's... how? How? You would think. I mean, let, let's just think about it for a second on their terms. Ed Young, he's polished. He has a, probably a whole team behind him. They work. There's a whole method behind the madness when it comes to these sermons, and that gets through. Like, like you said, Janice, so well 
No pause, not even like an hour later in the in the sermon. The next comma. A definition I invented. Speaking of cults. Wow. Whoa. I have come up with. And 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 this this little section was the part that got me because I went looking for his for his stupid wow. <laughs> like his where he wows a definition that he made up. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but the thing that caught me was what is racism to the woker is not racism you know, to the Christian. And it was the woker. I said, the the what now? That whole phrase. There's so many problems what? there. There's so many problems. Like, wait, how are there different definitions of racism according to if you're a Christian or not? But also, woker? Are, hey, you can... It, it has to be woker. intentional, right? Like, he has to be... With the hard R? Right? Right? This? right? How? We're in 2022. How? How? You cannot take this word that is not yours, redefine it, and then make up this new term. I have never in my life heard anyone refer to anyone else as a woke. Like, you don't even, you don't even, that's not even a thing you say. If you're going to refer to someone being woke, that's what you would say. Oh, they're woke. It's, it's vile. They're not a anything. So I'm like, you are, you're saying a lot. And that whole, just that, just that comparison, right? What is, what is to the woker? would not be to the Christian. So, like, automatically, you're already saying this awful word, but then also you have set these things up in opposition. You cannot be, you cannot be both. Exactly. One or the other. Yes, and so much of this rests on, earlier he mentioned about truth, okay? And this is such a, uh, this is such like a a telltale sign. Ed Young's view is steeped in in modern post-enlightened thought of, we can know objective truth, which in a, in a way can be accurate. Yes, like we know that the earth is not flat, for example, because we can verify that. But when it comes to their claims of, well, you know, definitions matter, words matter, you know, the Bible matters, they're really quick to take terms from other communities and redefine them for their own gain. So so it is very interesting and frustrating watching them make these claims that truth is objective. While they then take definitions of terms that have been defined and well-established and also part of communities that have been used to protect themselves against people like Ed, historically, right? And then to watch Ed take that term, also completely bastardize the term and really make it vile, but also to redefine it in a way that that now continues that harm towards that community, right? It's just, honestly, it's it's disgusting. I mean, I hate to speak so vile, but it's gross. It's disgusting. It's inappropriate. It's so clear there's so little thought from Ed's viewpoint besides his own. And he doesn't even know it. And he doesn't even see that he's steeped in whiteness. He just thinks this this is just how things are. And it's very frustrating to watch, to be honest with you. And, you know, please note to everyone, if you're not in a community affected by you, like you don't get to decide, you don't get to decide what's racist. White people, you do not get to decide what's racist. Yeah. Straight people, I don't get to decide what's homophobic, right. what's transphobic, right. what's what's not. If you are not part of the community being affected by these isms, you don't get to decide whether or not what you have said or what you have done crosses the line because it's not your line. That's right. Right. That's right. And for a lot of the stuff, like I don't even. Would I refer to myself as woke at this point? No, because they have taken the word and, and ruined it. But even before, like, so many of these things, I don't think it's for me to say. Like, we just don't get to decide what we are in a lot of these situations. Even with, you know, am I an ally to the LGBTQ community? 
I don't know. That's not for me to say. Exactly. I don't get to say that. If I have gay friends and they say, yeah, you're an ally, I'm an ally to you because you know me, but then that's not my card to take that and say that this covers covers everyone. Like, so much of this we want... We want our one interaction or our one friend or our one whatever, like to give us our pla- our pass, right? The, to give you the pass that no, I'm good with you, so then I'm good with all of the community. Yes. And it's not true. Yeah. And so in this case, yeah, I would never say I am woke. No. Would Ed Young say that I'm woke? Yes. Right. He would. Right. And I would happily take that because he doesn't like it. Right. But a lot of the stuff, it's not for us to decide. We don't get to decide what we are it's for the community to say wow that's pretty heavy when it comes to being an ally this is one instance where for a moment for a moment intent can matter more than impact but just for a moment because if your intent is truly and legitimately to be an ally when your impact is harmful you will apologize and course correct as soon as possible being an ally is not a destination it's not static it's not a lifetime achievement award We are all problematic. I am problematic. I do not want to be transphobic. I want to respect my non-binary friends, and I fuck up pronouns all the time. I'm trying to rewire the binaries in my brain, and it is work. And I know how hard I'm working, but I don't get to decide that's enough. And if I get your pronouns right once, I don't get to coast on that for the rest of my life. The work continues. So are you out there telling black trans and queer folk that you are an ally? Or are you asking them how you can be? Because if you're telling them, let me tell you, you're probably not. Well, maybe maybe that's why this is such an aggravating sermon to watch, because we're watching someone take something and then redefine it, and he has no authority to do that. But he's he's doing it anyway, and his in his group is saying, yeah, we accept this over over the communities that have historically actually have this term and actually use it to protect themselves right and so maybe that's why there's so much rage at least for me watching this is like as a white guy right i'm like i know exactly what ed is thinking and it's infuriating because he can't see that he is not the center of the universe but in his mind he is but that's just normal right so anything that anything that that any group or person or thing that would say actually ed you can't have this term would only make him say, actually, yes, I can. And I'm going to take it. I'm just, I'm going to grab it from you and I'm going to redefine it. I just think too, we're also witnessing how effective the right-wing propaganda machine really is. The term woke is everywhere in far right spaces. Ron DeSantis said it like 19 times in eight seconds. This is their new dog whistle calling card, in my opinion, for black people or for blackness. That's how I see it. I see it being weaponized to really now, again, find another way to disparage the black community. And it's almost, and I'm just being, from my vantage point, I, you know, I would love yours, but from my vantage point as a white dude, it's like, it seems almost extra insulting that they're also using a word that was that was birthed out of that community, right? It just seems extra, almost, it's almost, it's extra vile to me, frankly, just being honest. It is, it's vile and it's violent. Yes. Like it's, yes. to take that word and it's, I said this to you before, it's like, it, like this message scared me a little bit because as decent people are filtering out of evangelical spaces, it's like the worst are being left behind and they are just burrowing further into into this, this nonsense. Yeah. And so like a message like this, like I left Hillsong in 2017, this would not have been acceptable in 2017. Like no pastor could have given this message. Mm. They wouldn't have dared. 
but in 2022, like it's so blatant yeah. that it's scary yeah. because you're not you're not attacking socialism, which you could. You're tying it up. You end up he ties it up into wokeism in a minute, but you're taking this very specific word that came from a very specific people, and you're not being ambiguous about it. You're not saying, oh, this is something that they got twisted. Here's where it was good, and now here's where it can get problematic. You are saying, you know, this is satanic. This is this is pagan. That's right. This is right. anti God. That's right. When he called it satanic, that's what scared me too. You know, yeah, it, 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 it's it is violence when you when you put it like that, right? Like calling another world. It's oh God, even it's in my head. It's not a worldview, but making that term a, a competing worldview and calling it satanic. What you're doing is you're calling the communities who have used that term satanic, right? That's what you're doing. And you're making this an unnecessary divide between us and them, othering the other. And unfortunately, in American history, this has been the calling card of white evangelicalism historically, specifically towards the black community. And it's shameful and vile and violent to see it still happening in 2022 with just a, 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 a more modern coat of lipstick, you know, and in, and in a mega church. And frankly, it's I would call I would say it's it's antichrist ultimately is what it is. <laughs> Today at least you're an ally, Tim. <laughs> you're good. Thanks, pal. I hope you got that down. And the reason I have a message map is for you to take that and study it. That's what wokeism is. If I had to define wokeism in one word, paganism. If I had to define it in another word, pride. If I had to define it, if I had to define it maybe in two words, it would be moral superiority. Based on, check this out. Race, gender, and sexual orientation. This is the crux of it right here. What this comes down to is power dynamics. The fact that other groups are just mm -hmm. asking to be treated normally in society is seen as a threat to the dominant group of, of really white men, okay? I'm never speaking generically, not every individually white man, but there's there's a group of this, right? And, and to hear him say pagan, moral superiority does he not know the waters he's swimming in as an evangelical who believes that it is their moral obligation to tell everyone whether they want to hear it or not that they are on the way to burn in hell forever unless what they pray the prayer and become a white yeah. evangelical i mean if that's not a moral superiority complex i don't know what is but ed can't see the forest from the trees in his mind this this straw man of the woke thing whatever he's talking about is this moral superiority there's, you're never going to see any there's there's going to be no steak in this sermon of janice you're only going to get soft serve ice cream of terms you're, you're going to get you're going to get a sugar rush of a sugar rush of oh that sounds like it makes sense there's nothing there's no nutrient value here in any of this sermon sorry just had to say that because it's a very important part of the sermon that we have to hit on it's just buzzwords, you know, Pavlov's dogs, right? Like all these people have been programmed to respond to these certain stimuli. And so to say it's paganism, no, right. oh, we hate that. Ooh. It's pride. Ooh. Oh, oh, center <laughs> pride. Oh, we just had that pride month and those people are all, ah, exactly. it's moral superiority. How, how, based on race, gender, and sexual orientation, all the things that evangelicalism has come against people right, for. Right. Right. And so like you said, all it is 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 these people, these three groups now, are standing up and saying, Hey, we're people too. Right. And we just want the same rights. We just want to be able to live our lives 
the way we want to live our lives. If you don't agree with it, you don't believe in gay marriage, don't get gay married. <laughs> if you don't believe in interracial relationships, don't be in one. Right. Like all of these things, nobody is telling you what you have to do. We're just saying what we want to do. Right. And you're like, no. Right. But you're telling no. us what to do. That cannot happen. And that's the moral superiority. Well, no. Gay marriage shouldn't be legal. What? Okay, so this really is about your moral, moral superiority. So again, they have to put everything on in their language. This is a religion. It's a war of morals. Because that's their thing. That's their thing. They're the religion. They're the, they're right. the ones who want to be morally superior. So in order to defeat, quote-unquote, their perceived opposition, they have to turn things into language that they can then fight against, right? That's what this is. That's why he calls it a religion at some point in this term. I'm not sure if, if he did already. But that that's why he did that. To now make it seem like, oh, it's, it's Christianity versus this new religion. It's a false dichotomy. So the moral superiority is if I'm woke, you're not. I am tolerant, but it's really neo Tolerant. I'm tolerant because of someone's race, because of someone's gender, because of someone's sexual orientation, and you're not. I'm woke, and you're not, and if you're white, oh, you're even worse, because if I'm woke, and you're not, you can never, ever be redeemed or forgiven of your sin of, air quotes, racism. Air quotes, racism. If, if, if that's not some bullshit. If that's not some bullshit. And I, I want to be careful here because I, I am the new, I'm new to this. Honestly, I'm only a couple of years into my own decolonization. So, you know, feel free to like, let me know if I'm if I'm mistaken here. But I mean, no one is saying that. that <laughs> no, it's, no, Tim, Tim, if you say something and you are mistaken, there will be no forgiveness. <laughs> like he just said. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I, I'll just leave the chat. <laughs> well, that's kind of the point, right? It's like, it's like, Okay, let, let, let me put this in Ed Young evangelical terms. Ed, if you repent and turn and go the other way, you know, there is grace and forgiveness. But if you don't, you will burn in hell forever. Does that make sense, Ed? Do you understand now? Right? Is that is Does that click for you? Like, no, I'm not aware of anyone who's like, oh, if your skin color is white, there's nothing you can do. You're automatically, all the time, a racist. Okay? What people are saying, though, is that the skin color that I have does come with inherent privileges, and I can benefit off those privileges whether I realize it or not. And I would argue to be a good Christian would be to put the work in of trying to be aware of those things and then think about what I can do to give that privilege away and use it for good and not for bad. I mean, that's how I think about it right now. That's very different than, you're white, you're bad. <laughs> like, Ed, what? Right. Jesus. Right, and to Ed Young, I, w I would say, you're white. You're bad, but you're not bad because you're white. You're you're bad, and you just happen to be white, and you are leaning into your whiteness to make you worse. But wow, that's pretty heavy. Okay, I am black. Woke was a black term, and I think this message is very anti-black. So I could say non-white, and if you want to sub that in to include yourself, feel free. But I'm going to speak for myself as myself and say black. So keep that in mind. There is a difference between dislike and distrust. White people, real talk, cards on the table. Black people have no reason to trust you. Straight people, queer people have no reason to trust you. And cis people, non-binary and trans folk have no reason to trust you. It is wisdom for women to be wary of men they don't know, for black folks to be wary of white folks they don't know, for queer folk to be wary of straight folk, and for NBs and trans folk to be wary of cisgender people. Because historically, the cishet white male has proven to be dangerous and hostile to difference. And nothing about Ed Young, nothing about this message is dispelling any of that. 
So yeah, I automatically distrusted Ed Young because he's a white evangelical man, but now I dislike him because he is annoying, ignorant, and harmful. Now the gospel tells you and me, of course, we're sinners saved by grace. Once we, as I said earlier, turn from our sin and receive Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, cleansed, power washed, not in the cult of wokeism. You're done. It's over if you're not woke. Wokeism is like this plant, kudzu. You ever heard of kudzu before? Kudzu, it's all in the, in the South, it's in other places. It's an invasive plant from China. It grows up, it grows down, it grows here and there. Wherever you turn, it seems, there's wokeism. Corporations are pressured into being woke. Our educational system, not all, we have some awesome teachers and leaders here. Many, many, many of our schools and universities are woke. Sports, woke. Even churches are woke. Lisa and I were in Puerto Rico. We were keynote speakers at this retreat. 75 pastors of the largest churches in North America were there. And I was sitting at a table with some of the pastors and I said, I just thought I'd spice up the conversation, you know? I go, uh, hey, tell me what you guys are doing about wokeism. Are you talking about it? <laughs> no way, man. I'm not talking about that. It's just too controversial. Uh, I, I, just, I just preach Jesus, you know? I, I just share the gospel. That's what I do. I, I, you know, I don't wanna do anything to turn anyone off. Then they go, how about you? I go, oh no, I, I talk about it because people need to hear about it. I believe it's a satanic strategy. It's like trying to nail ice cream to a wall, but it's out there, it's, it, it's real. It's about pride, it's about moral superiority, it's about unforgiveness, it's about intolerance. So yes, I talk about it and then I thought, I wonder why so many churches and so many pastors don't talk about it. Through, through all of that, and it's so subtle, but he does, he talks about this invasive plant that just happens to be Chinese. It's so, wow. so subtle. But like at every turn, he is just sowing little divisions and this little us, us versus them. Like you could have picked anything. Just, you didn't even have to name a plant. Just say weeds, right? Like these plants right. are just, that are just pop up everywhere. But you're going right. to pick this and you're going to say, you know, this invasive plant from China. And it's just like, wow, it's just awful at every turn. Just awful. It is. And it's also a lot of evangelical dog whistles, right? Like all, all this language that he keeps on using, it just, it's meant to trigger that us versus them, uh, my biblical Christianity, which is really evangelical fundamentalism steeped in white supremacy, right? This is all just attacking that. And so the paganism, the satanic language. And then what, the thing is, is that, is that, see, Ed doesn't even have to say the quiet part out loud because there are other people who are connecting the left to Satan. There are other groups that these people are tapped into, making the point that right. that, that 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 the left uses satanic ideologies. So so these are like in their brain, it's only like, like, like one category over from left wing or or Democrats or left left wing folks. Right? You're not that far. So Ed doesn't have to say the left. He just has to say satanic ideology. People are gonna think, oh, Democrats. Clearly Democrats. Right. That's that's how this works. We're fearful because pastors, you know, we're very insecure. I know I am. We want to be liked. I want people to like me. I really do. So I'm not going to say anything that will be a little bit controversial or offensive. But then again, I told you a second ago, the gospel is offensive. Yeah. Think about that. You're a sinner, separated from God. God did something by sending Jesus Christ down the cross for our sins and rise again. So that in and of itself is, is offensive. So most church leaders, and you can see this on Instagram, social media, other, other platforms, they're afraid, so they don't talk about it. They're afraid of getting unfollows. They're afraid of the heat. And they're afraid, you ready for this, that people will leave their church. That's just, that's just why many of us aren't talking about it. 
And furthermore, a lot of us don't want to do the homework and take a deep dive into it. This is like really deceptive because if Ed was really afraid of losing followers, he would actually talk about woke accurately. He would talk about critical race theory accurately. He would talk about social justice accurately. So this is not him being brave. This is him capitulating to his audience. He's worth $11 million, friends. We can't forget that. This guy makes a lot of money running a large megachurch. And he doesn't do that because he offends people. He does it because they like what he has to say, which I'm not saying is necessarily a bad thing, okay? But but let's stop pretending, Ed, that you're being the bold, courageous lion and the pastor down the street with 90 people who won't talk about, about wokeism, quote-unquote, is the real coward here. That's not what's happening. You see, if I didn't take a deep dive into this, I would be like, yeah, okay, well, whatever, I hear you. But I'm telling you, it is a seductive, satanic strategy. And this is much bigger than being a Democrat or Republican. It's much bigger than government. It's much bigger than this and that or whatever. This is not some series where I'm trying to wrap the Bible in the American flag. No, this is a satanic strategy. Because in this strategy, just, just, just take a panoramic view here and have your prescription lenses on. Liar! Sorry. No <laughs> <laughs> one got me. He said wokeism is bigger than Democratic or Republican, you guys. Like, this is bigger than our two political parties. Where one side is using the it's term bigger. woke for everything, and the other side is saying, hey, you, you stole the term from the black community. This is not about politics, though. And it's not about government. You know, yeah, do I love Trump? Sure. You know, I'm not trying to wrap the, the Bible in the flag. As I talk about on a Sunday morning on about a political topic, and so far, by the way, not one scripture verse anywhere. Not one opening of the Bible anywhere. Ed, do you think, like, I, I guess he is fooling his audience because they love it. They, they love this, apparently. But, like, you, you can't be serious, Ed. Like, you cannot be serious. Jesus. The enemy himself is attacking all of these institutions. Just think about it. He's coming after you and me. I'll say it again, he's coming after the church. I'll say it once again, he's coming after Christ followers. And we see how this has played out. So we have a definition of it. So he's coming after you and me. I'll say it again, he's coming after the church. That's right. He's coming after Christ followers. What is he coming after them with? Wokeism. So if you are woke, you're not part of you and me, you're not part of the church, you're not a Christ follower. Yep. This, the, evangelicalism thrives on fear. Here it is. Here it is. Any day, Joe Biden will kick down your door, take your guns, take your Bible, and throw you and your family in prison because he's a godless Marxist who's woke, and Donald, Donald Trump, if, we don't, if you don't elect him again, will, will not, you know, he has to stop that from happening. So elect Donald Trump to protect you and your freedoms because Don, uh, Joe Biden is just one threat away from just knocking down your door with, 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 with the, the cops or, you know, the Gestapo, as MTG says. I'm just saying, you know, or Gaspacho, whatever she said. Uh, th that's, that's the level of fear-mongering coming from the most privileged group of people to walk the face of the planet right now, especially in America. They are the most, and is worth millions. They are successful. They have their own industries. They have their most freedoms, religious freedoms, Christians in America. Yet they are convinced that at any moment, any moment, what AOC, someone is gonna knock down their door and throw them in jail. I mean, it is, it, I, I, I'm not sure if I can curse here, but I will if you're okay with that. It is batshit insanity, what what, oh, what, what they think. It's batshit insanity. Yeah. And like, and it, if you would just think about it for two minutes, 
Like, the stuff doesn't make sense. So, yes, the wokes, the wokers, they're coming. They're coming. They're going to get you. They're going to kick your door down with what police force? Because we also want to defund that. So, I guess we're coming. It's me and you, Tim, individually, going to the neighbor's house. (laughs) Run our crusade. But it's in this, in the course of this minute, like he threw around satanic like three times. Like this is a seductive satanic strategy. This is a satanic strategy. This is satan. How is this? This is satanic. Us making memes on the internet. (laughs) Satan at work. We see what culture says about it. Face value. Yes. Now we see what the real deal is. How though did we get to where we are? One of the things I'm going to answer, I'm going to try to answer as I do this overview opening talk. What is wokeism? Again. It's old school paganism. Again, it's about moral superiority. I could throw in two, you can throw this in. It's about reductionism. Reductionism. What's reductionism? I'm reducing you, that's what the wokeists say, just because of the color of your skin, your race. And let me stop here and say this. Race is a man-made construct. Let me say it again. Race is a man-made construct. I have a great friend of mine. He's African-American. It's a great place to clap. I'm not going to let wokeism seal this, but I have a great friend of mine who's African-American. So before we get to it, Melvin, yes, race is a man-made <laughs> construct. But who made it? Which, which men? And which men are profiting Keep going, Ed. from Keep it going. now? <laughs> right. Like, right. Yeah. Uh. But like he purposefully gets so close and then just twists, twists and turns it. I mean, it's a social construct that has social implications towards people who don't have white skin okay so you're so close ed but keep going because it actually impacts people still today okay that's why we're talking about this right but he's about to flip it now because he just said it's it's reductionism right so we i reduce right you that's right poor you poor me i feel oppressed even being in this conversation frankly this is ridiculous As you should. Because, again, as we've established, you will never be forgiven That's for right. your sins of being white. But I have a great friend of mine who's African-American, and, and we, we were talking about our lives, and, and his name's Melvin. I go, Melvin, I want to ask you a question. When you see me, do you say, oh, there's white boy, Ed? He goes, no, I see Ed. I said, well, when I see you, I don't see you. Hey, there's black Melvin. I don't. I don't. The whole skin color thing is so, is so ridiculous. If you take, for example, a white guy like me and compare me to, let's say, my friend Melvin, African-American, it's 0.012 difference in our makeup. I'll say it again. Does that make sense? A 0.012 difference. The only difference is he has more melanin in his skin than I do. So Let's talk about black Melvin for a second. First of all, if Melvin... If Melvin exists, and I'm not convinced that he does. You know, if I were to say, if I were, were to refer to you, and I might have before, I don't know. Black friends in the chat, let me know. Have I ever said, white boy Tim? Because I might have. And if somebody is calling you white boy whatever, nine times out of ten, that's that's a term of infection. Like, that's, that's endearment. You have kind of superseded your race, right? Like, that's not just, like, that's. That's white boy Tim. Mm. But you'd be surprised, because that's white boy Tim. Mm. Wow, that's pretty heavy. At this point in the conversation, the chat lit up with a couple of other black folks confirming that white boy in the proper context is indeed a term of affection, and that Tim is white boy Tim 
in many of our hearts. If Melvin has said, yeah, I've never said white boy Ed, that might be true. Because Melvin, Melvin is probably the barista at the coffee shop. He's like, we're not friends. Like, he comes in here sometimes. I know right. him. But we're not friends. Yeah. And for him, you know, I would never, I don't think that's Black Melvin. Yes, you do. Because you're talking about Black Melvin right now. Mm, like, right. you're only bringing him up because he's useful in this conversation. And he's only useful because he is Black Melvin. Wow. And then that whole, you know, there's only a point zero one two difference, whatever. I don't know where he's getting those stats. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm trying to get in his head. Maybe he's trying to say, like, uh, on, like, a DNA or genetic level, like, this is the only difference between us. Because I guess humans are so connected with their DNA, maybe. But Ben said it so well, you know, in the chat. Like, he ignores the power dynamic, right? So... Yeah, if that let's say let's say that's the case. Let's say genetically that's the difference. Well, the wealth gap is like ninety percent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, fifty uh, percent of folks in the BIPOC community right. make fifteen dollars an hour or under. Okay, so so that little difference actually has a quite a big impact in our social structures of our society, and that's why we're talking about this. Ed, that's why people are are trying to be quote unquote aware, woke, right, of this injustice. Because a lot of people, like myself, maybe relate to the game for sure, but we're trying to kind of catch up. Like, oh my god, this is happening? I didn't know, but now that I know, now that I'm awake, so to speak, I have to be part of trying to do what we can to do my part, right, and trying to uh, address these systemic issues. But Ed just, for him, no, look, no big difference, we're all good, the end, move on. It completely ignores the reality of what's happening. So the wokesters are going to do that? Has the sin of racism been in effect? Yes. Was it hellacious what has happened in our culture in the past? Yes. Are there instances of racism today? Yes. But I'm here to tell you the cure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I've thrown out some things about wokeism, moral superiority, reductionism, it's old school paganism. How in the world did we get here? <laughs> so just, just that, you know, all of this reductionism, paganism, old school moral superiority. Like, I think they also, they try to make themselves seem smarter and try to make you feel like, oh, maybe I do need to listen. These are a lot of big words. I don't know. Maybe he does know what he's talking about. But right. it's saying nothing. Nothing. Like, nothing. It's just what does it mean when he nothing. says the cure, you know, the solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is he really saying? If they convert everyone to... to uh, conservative evangelicalism racism just goes away has he not read a history book i mean honestly i mean has he not read the bible told him so by j russell hawkins the historian who documents how white evangelicals were the, at the epicenter of maintaining segregation in jim crow south like is he aware that white evangelicals promoted and perpetuated racism and still do today because if that's his solution it's a bad take ed like, i'm just letting you know bad take all around bad form it ain't gonna work because we have history all right and history tells us bad idea ain't gonna happen <laughs> a friend of mine who's not a believer i was talking to him in his store the other day and we were going back and forth and he was like ed what, what's happened i mean he talked about his kids and the schools they were attending and, and 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 what they're involved with and he's trying to protect his his, his young teenage daughter he's ed how did we get here and so i gave him sort of a quick history lesson that i want to give you right right uh, uh, rapidly but first, let me read scripture. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. I gotta take these lenses off. Wow. 
Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, that's what we're doing, then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. This message is 29 minutes, 26 seconds, and we are in minute 17. It is 17 minutes and 56 seconds. We are almost in minute 18 before he cracks the Bible on this biblical perspective of wokeism. <laughs> From the people who tell you we take the Bible seriously comes a total adulteration of sacred scripture. I mean, literally, it's almost like Ed did this. Here's what Ed did. He's like, okay, I gotta, uh, I gotta find scripture for this. No problem. Uh, here. Okay, I found my verse. We'll go with that one. That's what he did. Okay, that's about as relevant as that scripture gets to this conversation. <laughs> and that's it. We've heard it. We've heard it here. Don't get attached to it because you're never going to hear it again. It. You're never going to hear about, about it again. Like, that's it. He reads it, and that's <sighs> it. And I don't even think he picked up the Bible and, and did that. Too. I'm pretty sure he just went to Google. He said, wake in the Bible. Whatever came up, I'll take that. But don't worry. The real problem with Christianity is those progressive Christians, those deconstructionists. We don't take the Bible seriously. But Ed, he's giving you the steak, guys. He's giving you the Wagyu beef of biblical authority and biblical truth and biblical foundations. It's right here. Let's throw out uh, some names. Karl Marx. Frederick Nietzsche. Sigmund Freud. Karl Marx was a God-hater, atheist. He basically tried to tear apart the foundations of Christianity at every turn. His whole thesis was the world is made up by the oppressor and the oppressed. He wrote the Communist Manifesto. He breathed, this is paradoxical, the free air of London while a multi-schoolionaire friend bankrolled him. He spent his time in these British museums that were probably like coffee shops, theorizing. Well, here's the problem. Marxism has never worked. Study history, 110 million murders have occurred because of wokeism. But back in the day, it was called Marxism. But that's the engine that, that drives it. And what happened was people were all up in Marxism. Oh, this is the way to go. This is it. But then word got out about what was happening in Russia and what was happening in China. So a lot of the adherents jumped off of the Marxist train like rats off the Titanic. And they jumped into critical theory. So first of all, Karl Marx, he was an atheist, a God hater. Can you be a God hater if you don't even believe in God? Like, <laughs> I don't believe in Santa Claus. I don't hate Santa Claus. That's a good question. If you're going to talk about Karl Marx and his ideology, you cannot do that as one third of these examples in a sermon about something else. You want to talk about Karl Marx, then that, that should be your, that should be it for the week. Totally. Right. They, you cannot just drag all these things in and just boil them down to, to whatever. And then that part where he says, you know, it has killed 110 million people. And he says wokeism, not Marxism, he says wokeism. This many people have been killed by wokeism. It's That's wokeism. the sleight of hand right there. That's it. It's, it's, it's evil. I, 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 I don't want to use such strong language. I hate doing that. But it's, it's what he did is so vile. It, it is violent. It's dehumanizing. 
And also, just two things. First off, I want to, maybe you'll understand this, Janice, but you know, like when you play worship music long enough, you don't even need to practice anymore. You know what's coming, right? You know, like the Hillsong order of things, right? The slow song, you know, uh, verse one's real low, verse two, some simple taps, you know, by, by the second chorus, you're all in. That's how it is with this kind of shit now. I'm like, okay, we're talking about wokeism. All right, when, when's Marxism going to come into play? Now, there it is. When's communism going to get brought up? There it is. All right, where's socialism? There it is. It is like a, a Hillsong tune in terms of predictability. predictability. But one thing I will say is, you know, I, I always laugh whenever I hear someone talk about Karl Marx. And by the way, I'm no expert on Karl, so I'm not going to talk about Karl like I know who Karl is. But they talk a lot about these, like, oppression, oppressor categories. Have they read the damn Bible? I mean, have they read the Exodus story? What are the key <laughs> stories in the Jewish community and in the Christian community of how the oppressed were set free? And by the way, God not only, like, freed the oppressor, he murdered them. He drowned them in the Red Sea pretty violent and then also like you know if ed wants to bring the bible into this he should just read it from the from the words of jesus just read luke where jesus says i've come to bring liberation to the oppressed and why are we having this conversation so is jesus woke now is jesus so woke uh, i'm not going to use the term the full phrase i don't like it but is he woke you know is that who jesus is now is he some marxist i that that's how i again how stupid this whole sermon is, and I don't use, if people follow us at all, they know I don't use this language lightly, I don't use it often, but this is stupidity. This yeah. sermon is dumb. This sermon is ignorant. This sermon has nothing to it. It is a sugar rush of, of dog whistle terms designed to rile up white evangelicals to make them think that at any moment the government's coming for them. That's what's happening here. And its fruit is going to be deadly, unfortunately. I think we're, we're only headed towards more violence from white nationalists. And I think this, this, these kinds of sermons yeah. help fuel that direction, I'm sad to say, Frank. Yeah, and he does, like, dragging, dragging Karl Marx in. He's about to drag in Nietzsche and then Freud. And all of these things, like Karl Marx in particular, like Marxism, we've all, this is a dog whistle, and we've heard this term. And before I knew what gay was, I knew it was wrong, and I knew to be afraid of it. Before I knew what socialism was, I knew it was wrong, and I knew to be afraid of yes. it. Do I need to know what Marxism is? I don't know that I do. Like, But if whatever my belief system is, if you need to a term to put it in and you want to put it in a box, that's fine after you hear it. And then you can say, oh, that's Marxist. All right, maybe it is. But does it have merit? Right. Don't down things just based on the box that you think it came out of. Let's have a real discussion about what we actually believe and what we're actually saying. Because you're not actually saying what you believe about anything. You're just tearing all these things down using other things that you've already torn down. You said wokeism is authoritarian. You have not said how. You've said, like, it's satanic. What about it? It's satanic. Like, just give me one example of here's what, here's what wokers do. That is satanic. And here's, here's how it's satanic, because here's the verse in the Bible that says to do the opposite. Right. But you can't. So you have pulled out this one verse that the concordance directed you to. You said it once. You have left it behind. We have moved on. We're never going to hear that verse again. And now we're talking about Marx and Nietzsche? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just evident. It's, it's evident there's no good faith dialogue happening here. Ed talks about how he did the research, how he read brilliant Christian thinkers. He obviously read people to only reinforce his terrible, ignorant ideology. Do you think he read Derek Bell's Silent Covenants? You know, that he's the father of critical race theory. 
Probably not. Has he read any James Cone Black Liberation Theology? Probably not. Has he really engaged with the sources to understand? Has he read the Communist Manifesto? Probably not. He's, he's not interested in good faith. He's interested in dogma and propaganda. That's the, the Frankfurt School, I'm talking about the 1800s and 1900s. And, and then they began to follow Frederick Nietzsche, who, who was a nihilist, meaning life is just absurd. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Well, actually, nihilism says that life is meaningless. To say that life is absurd would be absurdism. But at the moment, I can't imagine anything more absurd than this stupid-ass message with this turnip claiming he did a deep dive, but somehow returned to the surface knowing nothing. He's the one that said God is dead, and then he concluded it's all about power. It's about a power trip. We're just dogs in heat. We're spawning salmon. The strong survive, and everything is a power game. So we have Marxism, socialism, communism. Then you mix that up with Nietzsche, and you have this, this whole power trip. And then later we throw in... Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud said everything's about sex. We're just sexual creatures. Everything is sex, 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 sex. Why are we just one click away more and more from the sexualization of children? The what? How did children get dragged into this? He is throwing every Alex Jones, Ali Stuckey, far-right conspiracy theory at, I mean, everyone's here. We have everyone is present. Is gender studies present? Check. Is racism uh, present? Check. Is uh, grooming of children present? Check. I mean, the, the, the holy trinity of right-wing propaganda has arrived. Here it is. It's, it's garbage. Why are elementary schools having drag queen shows and, and these pornographic books for kids? Two words, Sigmund Freud. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Okay, there is a big difference between drag shows and pornographic books. But he ties the two together and says they're happening in schools with no proof because he knows that to dispute him is to run the risk of sounding like you might support pornographic books for kids. Nietzsche was not a believer. Freud was not a believer. Now, and I'm, I'm giving you just the, the, the broad brush of this because it's like kudzu. I can chase rabbits so easily. And they are telling me I only have three minutes to go. So... So you have this kudzu, and you have Marx, and you have Nietzsche, and you have Freud, and, and now... Well, he makes a statement that, you know, well, Marx wasn't a believer. Nietzsche wasn't a believer. Yeah, Bob Jones was a believer. You know, the guy who has a sermon saying that God has demanded that the races stay separate. You know, there are a lot of believers, Ed, who said really evil, shitty, horrible, racist things, and also fought for racist laws to be promoted and propagated in America. So, so please stop pretending that if you're a believer, suddenly this like solves the race problem, because in many cases, it actually only exasperates right. it data-wise. Like, look at the data over white evangelicals want to go compared to like an atheist, way more progressive in atheist circles overall than in white evangelical spaces when it comes towards these topics. So this whole idea of like, well, they're not a believer, that means nothing. Like, that means nothing at all to, to the moral state of people and how they live their lives. It doesn't even mean anything to him because he even said, right? I read, I read a lot of Christian scholars and some atheistic, you know, figures. So you will side with an atheist who's against wokeism over a Christian who is for it. Yes. So all of a sudden, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that this person is not a believer as long as they believe in your thing. And that's how Ed can stay with a straight face that Karl Mar Marx was a, was a God-hating atheist but also in the same sermon say, I read some great non-woke atheists who have helped me put this sermon together. So one, just one quick example for people watching this, you know, you have to, you have to tie us back to the bigger white right-wing uh, picture. Charlie Kirk 
uh, founder of Turning Point USA, etc. He had a pastor's conference a week or two ago. He invited atheist James Lindsay to the conference. James Lindsay is an atheist who's been permabanned off of Twitter for saying homophobic and transphobic things. He was invited there because he fits their political ideology. So suddenly the, the, the godless atheist is accepted and now moral, not because of their theological beliefs, which we're taught are essential. No, no, no. That, that, that's not that important, honestly. It's that you agree that this new wokeism is the biggest threat to our way of life. You have this critical theory and this postmodernistic vibe, which says truth is not absolute. Take professors. They grew up in the psychedelic 60s. I'm being general here. They're also some wonderful Christian professors. But just think about this for a second. Brilliant satanic strategy. These psychedelic 60s uh, men and women now are professors at colleges and universities. Let's just talk about America across our land. Are you, are you feeling me? And they've cut their teeth on this. They believe in this. They're anti-God. They're anti-Christian values. They're anti-absolute truth. So here's the game in academia. And academia always leans left. You gotta publish. You see, if I publish seven papers in seven years, I'll get tenure. So these communistic colleges have these professors who publish papers, and the papers do not have to be grounded in reality. I repeat, it could be fantasy file. It could be, and it is, crazy, ludicrous, and I'm not talking about the rapper, ludicrous theory. That was funny. <laughs> so they get published, and then they get tenure, and while they're doing all this, they're teaching your kids and mine. It's like a mission field, colleges. All of this pablum. All of this Marxism, all of everything Nietzsche talked about, all, all the stuff that Freud talked about. And now, this postmodernist mentality, there's no absolute truth, now people receive it, believe it, take it in, and now they're heads of our corporation, from Nike to Patagonia. Now they own sports teams. Now they play for different teams. Now they're in the educational world, and you see where we are. It's that simple, but we've got to study this and own this and realize that we have the answer. And what's the answer? It's in these glasses right here. We have to adopt, see that? Adopt a biblical worldview. Parents, I cannot imagine what you're facing with your kids. One of the keys is adopt a biblical worldview. In other words, I'm built, you're built to put the lenses on of the Lordship of Christ, and just like when I put these new lenses on, my perspective totally changes. I can see way back in the back. I can see the lights on the camera. I can see our media team warning me, stop, you're over time. I can see all of that now, but if I do this, I might go on for hours. <laughs> my identity and your identity is in Christ. It's in Christ. I'm not going to allow on my watch wokeism to define me because I don't have as much melanin in my skin as my friend Melvin. I, I'm not gonna be judged by being a heterosexual male who's been married for 40 years. You know, we had Pride Month, why not heterosexual, monogamous Pride Month? Well, I planned to go through this whole thing, but I'll just blame the media, guys. So he encourages everyone to have this, this, this biblical, God-centric world. Where is it? Where is the biblical perspective in this biblical sermon about wokeism? Like, right. 
You you talked more about soft serve and your stupid new glasses than that verse that you literally only pulled in to say that you had a Bible verse. Right. You don't. He doesn't even go back to it. It's like it never existed. <laughs> but then you're gonna say we have to have new lenses. We got to have this new perspective. So, it's wild. So uh, there is like there's this style of like speaking that I've I've seen is employed by, by people like Ed and Ali Stuckey. Where they just say, and Tucker Carlson, where they just say as many things as possible in like five seconds to the point where you would have to take like so much time to unpack each statement. So the professors in college are communists. Okay, how do you even verify that? Like, how do you, how do you disprove that claim? Right? Like, what do you do? And like, for example, so my, uh, my research friend uh, on the New Evangelicals. Uh, Riley, she's great. She's getting her master's in studying the January 6th insurrection and how it ties back to Reconstruction in the Jim Crow South. It's fascinating. But we we decided to do a response to an Ali Stuckey podcast where she had on this like Alex Jones level reporter um, talking about how the insurrection was started by the cops. They were the violent ones. How the people who were arrested for storming the Capitol were really they're they're being treated unjustly. So the her episode is about an hour. It took us three hours in responses. Like, we had to go through line by line because they say so many things. So we had to fact check every sentence. That's what Ed just did. He just throws, like, 15, 20, 30 different things that are not connected. He makes them sound like they're connected, but how do you prove that they aren't without taking, we're on an hour and 18 for a 30-minute sermon, right, just trying to unpack how each of right. these statements is not accurate. That's why it's so hard to fight this kind of disinformation. Because all you have to do is say random shit. Hey, I'm a millionaire. I'm going to my, my yacht later on. And, you know, like everyone's against me. Good luck disproving it. Like, how do you do that? Right? So that's kind of the idea here. Yeah. And he just, he just literally just throws everything, everything out there. And then, like, he tries to have it both ways, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to take a hit at these all these 60s psychedelic pre- professors uh but i know some of you are in <laughs> academia and you're you know that's not you you're all fighting right. the good fight <laughs> you're on our side right all these other they're writing they're writing papers it doesn't even have to be based on anything real so all you people who have been writing papers and you know doing your dissertations and doing this work we all know it it's not real you're just making up stuff doesn't even have to be based on anything. And you write seven of those and you get free tenure. Right. Easy. Easy peasy. Right. And and that, that attack on the no on the education system, I believe, whether Ed knows it or not, is actually intentional in the spaces he's a part of. It goes back to Christian Reconstructionism and this guy named R. J. Rush Dooney, who really believes like that to, to reclaim America for God means to replace the Constitution with the law based on the Old Testament and getting rid of the public education system. So a lot of these people who are using the language grooming of children or like uh, politicians who are defunding public schools, that's intentional a lot of times. They want these systems collapse. So if Ed can speak, if he can attack public education and just say a bunch of shit that isn't even grounded in reality, it doesn't matter as long as it's effective and actually takes away from the institutions and the people who spend so much time doing the research on those topics right? All you have to do is listen to Ed and you're good to go. That's how the anti-intellectualism actually works. Because that's what the wokeists do. You know, there's always someone to blame. I mean, it's not my responsibility. It's, 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 it's their fault. It's the media's fault. Those media guys up there, they played a cruel trick on me. One question. You want to live like this? Or do you want to live by the protein of the power 
of this perspective, the word of God. Would you play with me? Everyone, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father? Absolutely not. Notice how he says wokeism blames everyone else as Ed blames everything else but white evangelicalism, right? And also notice that the theology of, of I would argue, generic Christian thinking in America is that Jesus paid the penalty for my sin, meaning my responsibility was put on Jesus and, and he took the blame for my, my sin. So even his own theology like, you know, would, would kind of re-amplify this concept of, like, I, I'm now forgiven because I have thrown my garbage onto this person, right? So I just find it, again, so right. infuriating that Ed can say this with a straight face, re but not realize, or maybe he does, but pretend that he doesn't realize that he is doing what he claims his opposition that he made up, by the way, is doing. And that's why I say Ed Young is a disingenuous mega church pastor who's in it probably for the money and for the fame and the fortune who's a master communicator unfortunately using his powers in ways of being an antichrist and not a little christ yeah so that we reached we made it to the end that was it um and at the end there he he started the sermon by making himself that little ice cream cone and then he left it on on his podium to be melting throughout the service. So then at the end, he holds up, you know, this soggy melting ice cream cone and says, you know, do you want, do you want this? The steak, you know, and the protein, whatever the hell that just was. <laughs> but if an alien were going to come down and decide like what the Bible is based on this sermon, they would be like, I think it's about ice cream or glasses because those are the two things that he referenced the most, went back to the most, to put forth this biblical perspective. There was so little Bible in this, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so scary. To say he's saying the quiet part, I'm like, he's not, there's no, there is no quiet part. There is no not, quiet part. No, a thousand percent. I mean, Ed, Ed's, ver Ed's steak is the, is the steak uh, from the steak, egg, and cheese bagel from McDonald's. That's about as nutrient as that steak is going to get you, which is to say it's no steak at all. You know what I mean? Honestly, like that, that's what he should have been talking about here is like, here's my version of steak. It's this processed nonsense. And I think you're right. I think that this, I've been tracking a lot of this for a little bit, but to have such a large, prominent evangelical figure in megachurch world, just say all this so bluntly and just say the quiet parts out loud is just another step down the rabbit hole of watching white evangelicalism really be taken over by the virus of Christian nationalism. Like, like they really were the perfect host, and it's evident that that virus continues to spread throughout the body, and that the white blood cells in evangelicalism are too busy looking at progressive Christians or deconstruction to notice what the hell is actually happening to their own body. You know what I mean? So it's just, it, it's a very, it's, it is scary. I'm definitely concerned, for sure. Yeah. So again, he pulls in so many different things and he kind of puts puts the impetus back on back on everyone else right to disprove this now we have to we have to spend time doing things like this breaking this down right. and then if i really want to fight ed young then i have to go learn what marxism is and i have to say why you're wrong and i have to go read about nietzsche and say no that that's why this is wrong and i like so he pulls in all these things and then it's like on us to disprove disprove what i'm saying you know prove this isn't true and i don't want to do that i don't have i don't have time for that but then also, I'm not even involved in this anymore. 
So it's kind of double worse because, like, as people, you know, as I've said, the, the church that has left the building, this doesn't, this shouldn't affect me anymore. I shouldn't even have to be concerned about this. But here we are. So, like, as people who are not in this world, and especially because once you step out, evangelicals are very much like, well, you're not here anymore. You probably never really believed, but we didn't listen to you when you were in it. We definitely don't want to listen to you now. What do we do with messages like this? Like, what, what is our responsibility? with as far as what's happening in evangelicalism yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, my, my personal view is that it just depends on the person. I mean, put, I'm, I'm going to speak bluntly and just, you know, frank with you, Janice. Like, as a white man watching this, it makes me angry, but I'm not afraid because this isn't attacking me, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to be safe. I hate to say that, right? But that's just the reality. It makes me angry as hell, and I want to do all I can. But I don't think, and I don't want to overspeak here. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of processing this with you. But I think that, like, these so-called white allies, you know, like, I, I need to hear more from a lot of them in this kind of shit. Like, this this stuff needs to be addressed by white men specifically who have helped build these systems, who need to actually be able to say, hey, like, no. Like, Ed, hell no. Now, obviously, I love doing stuff with you. And I think it's important that the black community, of course, is, uh, is a continually having their voices amplified. That's that's key. But it shouldn't be on you or anyone in the black community to have to defend themselves from nonsense like this. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't want to sound like a white savior or anything like that. That, that isn't the point. I'm just saying I think I have a responsibility to at least advocate for my neighbor and say, uh, excuse me, you know, like from white man to white man, this is bullshit, Ed. And like, you know, this, this shit ain't going to fly. And we are going to critique you. Um, and I'm going to call it out. So I hope that that's the future. But I also understand that some people, maybe they just need space and need to like turn this off and like go outside and get some fresh air and get, and get their favorite ice cream and not think about Ed Young. Like, go do that. Because there are people who I think have an obligation as part of their repentance to be part of this work of, of pushing back, resisting it, and also helping to carve better paths forward. I hope that makes sense. That's just kind of like where I am in my head right now as we're talking. So he talked, you know, a lot about how the gospel, the Bible, it's offensive. It's offensive to people, and that's what we're supposed to be out here doing. And I think Jesus was was offensive to some people, and I think he meant to be offensive to them. I don't think Jesus was like, no, that's, that's not what I meant. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm very clearly saying some things about these systems and about people who are engaging in them. You should be offended because I, I want you to change. Um... So he's he's putting this forth as as gospel, right? This is good news. And you know what? It is for some people. Like Jesus, the gospel was good news for certain people. This shit that Ed Young is putting forward, who is this gospel for? I think that's a really I think when people hear that, it will hopefully make them think. Like, yeah, like again, who benefits from hearing this? Like who feels good hearing this and who feels like rightfully so, attack and dehumanize because of this, right? Think about it like that, right? And that should hopefully help you understand who and what this sermon was aimed towards and what, it's, what it was designed to do. And what it's not designed to do is to have a good faith dialogue, to try to understand other perspectives, to try and, and maybe think about things, maybe, yeah, maybe through an evangelical lens, but also realizing that the world's bigger than, than white evangelicalism. That's not what this sermon was about, right? This sermon was designed to continue that divide of othering people from, oh, there's an enemy. We're on, God's on our side. That Satan is on their side. This is a war of good and evil, and we have to be on God's side. That's what this is designed to do. 
unfortunately, it's going to have real-world consequences, or at some point. I mean, it has already in our history, obviously, but it will continue to have those consequences. So, looking at this message from the perspective that everything, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. On a scale from 1 to 10, with 1 not beneficial, harmful for everyone, up to, you know, 5, 6. It's, it's permissible, it's neutral, it's just here and it's not really doing anything one way or the other. Or 10, it's great, beneficial for everyone. Where would you put this message? You know, after what you just said, I'm kind of struggling. Like, well, for who? <laughs> like, I, it's not harmful for everyone in a way, but in a way it could be too. Like, it actually, I think it harms white evangelicals. Right, it keeps them in this cycle of chaos and a, a cycle of just fear and like a anxiety. So I think with that lens in mind, you know, I think that that obviously is a, a solid one. This is harmful for everyone <laughs> in different ways, but ultimately it's harmful. <laughs> if I could give it a zero, and I can't, even though it's my scale because I didn't make that possible, it would be, it would be there. I do agree. If Ed Young were to hear this, and he probably will, because he cannot help but stay on top of what is being said about him on the internet so i am 90 percent sure him or some of his people will listen to this if you could say something to ed young what would you say mm. i would just really encourage him to engage that conversation on on their terms and not his like i would really recommend to him the cross and lynching trick i would say start with this maybe read a Derek bell book read the bible told them so like just if, if you say you like to study i believe you maybe you're a real you know bookworm here's a few books that are worth engaging and then ponder it before you say anything just sit with it and try and see things from a different vantage point that is not your own i would just really encourage him to do that you know i think ultimately the hope as aggravating for me as ed is i hope that one day he repents and turns you know and starts undoing the harm that he's causing i think that's kind of the hope for me as a christian in general to everyone but I hope that Ed at some point see, has a, a come to Jesus moment, if you will, and the scales fall from his eyes to quote, to take from some of that Paul language. And just to say, I hope that he turns and that he realizes that he's caused a lot of harm. But I do believe that that repentance is possible. So I hope that Ed heads there one day. But I, it's not looking promising based on this sermon and his more recent sermon, which seems like it was a continuation of this. So, you know, I'm not holding my breath, but I hope it's the case. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how long this series is going to be, but it is a series because my man has a lot of merch. Oh, of course. To sell. Oh, God, so, of course he does. <laughs> it's going to be going on for a while. Ooh, good question, Ashley. So, do you think these people really believe this, or do you think it's a grift? What do you think? I think, I think both. I think, I think Ed knows, I think Ed knows he's a liar and he's ridiculous and he has not read books on this and he hasn't done any study. I think he knows wokeism is not a problem. I think he knows Christian nationalism is an issue, but th that those people are also paying his bills. So I think he knows, I think he knows this is a hot topic that will get him views and clicks and, and likes and controversy and all of that. So I think he believes, he believes that it's useful. Um, I believe he's against wokers. I believe that he does not like us and is afraid of what wokeism would mean for his life and his lifestyle. So I think he believes it in that sense. Does he believe it's satanic and paganism? No. Does he believe it's harmful for his life? Yeah. Is it a grift also? Absolutely. Because 
you didn't you didn't wake up Saturday night and say this is this is what the Lord put on my heart. You had ads, you had the merch ready to go, like you planned this out. It's a grift. Yeah, I, I think it I think it's both. I honestly do at this point. Um, I think about someone like Sean Foy, you know, I think he's really convinced of his position. I think that he has worked it out in his head and he's made the connections he has to make to view it. And he has just enough of the clickbait stories to prove his point in his mind. Um, and I think he realized in 2020 when he was protesting that he was raking in millions of dollars. He thought, whoa, this is also lucrative. And because don't forget, Ed and Sean kind of flirt with that like a prosperity gospel. Well, God must be blessing this. Right? Oh, we have money coming in. It must be a sign that we're doing the right thing. So I, I think that deep down now, they definitely really believe it because they've convinced themselves over time, you know, of it. And I think that, that they realize that it's quite lucrative as well. So that message was half an hour <sighs> that we will never get back. Uh, what is something you would recommend everybody, anybody? <laughs> spend a half hour on other than this like if you were tempted to listen to a ed young sermon do not do that instead i have two options so first off the new she hulk series on disney plus is fantastic episode one was amazing i've been in love with it it's great it's hilarious it's a great marvel addition to the hulk universe so i would recommend starting with that this is a little more of a random thing, but I've been I've been kind of binging it lately, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell people here. There's this amazing YouTube account called CoffeeZilla, where this guy's like an internet detective uncovering like Bitcoin scams and NFT grifts, and he it's it's just so well done. He just unpacks like how this person like started this new digital coin and then scammed like millions of dollars off people, and then he unpacks how it happened and why it's so terrible. And I just love him. I love his videos. So I would say either one of those are great places to be on the internet besides Ed Young's YouTube channel, giving him ad credit for that stupid, stupid sermon. All right. Well, so you heard it here you? first. She-Hulk and CoffeeZilla. Yeah. What are yours, though? I got to know. I just started, and I'm already almost done with it, the new A League of Their Own series on Amazon uh, Prime. Oh, okay. Interesting. Good really good really enjoying that and renaissance the beyonce album go sit down mm. and listen to beyonce listen to beyonce always okay so. and by the way this 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 is yeah. your other podcast right you have two podcasts mm-hmm. yeah okay so if, if i may just say to your audience it's i think it's very important audiences for listening I'm a big fan of just letting you know this takes a lot of time and effort. So donating to your favorite podcast creator, like the one you're listening to, is really worth it. Even five bucks means a lot for people. So I would just encourage you. I mean, Janice put a lot of her EQ, a lot of her emotional, you know, energy into almost two hours of Ed Young. So if, if you're willing and able, please... <laughs> Buy this, buy her a coffee, buy her a New York slice, do something, please, I beg you. <laughs> oh. oh, thanks, Tim. You're welcome. I'll take that. Thank you for going through this with me. <laughs> I feel like anyone who's listening to me would know where to find you, but just in case that's not true, who are you? Where are you? Where can they find Anywhere you? Anywhere that the New Evangelicals exists online, we're, we're somewhere in those spaces. 
So that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everyone in the chat for bearing with us through our technical difficulties as we figure, figure these new features out. Unfortunately, we have not heard the last from Ed Young, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know how much bandwidth I have to continue with his series, but this is a, it's been an episode of bad words. These were very bad words. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know, guys. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, so stay woke. <laughs> nice. And in closing, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Ephesians 5 14 through 15. That is clearly the first verse that Google spit out when Ed realized he needs to add a verse to his supremacist speech and feverishly Googled awake. And I'll be damned if I'm going to spend more time trying to decipher how it might fit with his message than he did, because it doesn't. Ed Young is a grifter, he's a fool, and the sermon is nothing but product placement for his latest merch. It will never cease to amaze me how so much in our society is upside down just to allow white men to fail upwards. This sermon was garbage. 29 minutes of buzzwords and dog whistles, where ice cream and his glasses got way more airtime than anything from the Bible. In fact, at the very end when he said, do you want to live like this and held up his busted ice cream cone, or do you want to live by the protein of the power of this perspective, what do you think he held up? The Bible? Nope. He held up his glasses. And aside from the bit about him being insecure, that was the most honest part of his message. The perspective he wants everyone to have is his. The perspective of a rich, ignorant white man. Not because it would be good for them, but because it would be great for him. Initially, and still a little bit, this message scared me because it is so blatantly bad and also unnecessary. With so many things going on and going wrong, it is absurd to make up something and make it a boogie man and to be so anti-black. He could have taken a stand against socialism or liberalism or multiculturalism, but he made up an ism using a term coined by black people and made it not just a culprit, but the culprit, a tool of Satan himself. That's a serious accusation and that's how I know Ed Young is seriously afraid. He has taken stock of his power, his privilege, and his position, things that he would like us to believe have been given to him by God when they've really been afforded to him by whiteism, which is an authoritarian worldview that seeks to recast the foundations of Christian faith because it is afraid of being overwhelmed, overpowered, and overthrown by those who follow the actual ideology of Christ. It is ludicrous and laughable that Ed would claim to be giving the biblical perspective of something he made up and then barely mention the Bible. But it's also understandable, because engaging any deeper with texts written primarily for, by, and about marginalized people is going to cause dissonance, and he doesn't want that. He talked about going to that retreat, and instead of trying to spice up the conversation by asking how everyone else is coping with knowing they're more like the rich young ruler than Jesus, more like the hard-hearted Pharaoh than Moses, this passhole wanted to know who else was ready and willing to punch down. Ed Young is on the wrong side of history and the shitty side of Christianity and eventually he's going to be left with all the shittiest Christians. And you know what? I want that for him. 
He pretended that Ephesians 5, 14 through 15 was some kind of biblical basis for his belief that wokeism is anti-Christianity, but I recommend you hold his beliefs and mine up against a different 5, 14 through 15 in 1 John. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Ed himself said that it is cult behavior to take a known word and redefine it. So we're going to ignore his little cult definition of woke and stick with the actual meaning to determine who's asking according to God's will in all of this. Is it the people who are quick to notice any unusual and potentially dangerous or difficult circumstance who are vigilant regarding injustice in society, especially racism? Or is it the people who aren't that? This series is stupid, it's unbiblical, it's anti-black, it's anti-Christ, and it's a waste of time. But you know what? In the end, it's a pit Ed Young is digging for himself that he's going to find himself stuck in with everyone who was shitty enough to buy into his stupid, twisted theology. Meanwhile, everyone else with a lick of conscience or critical thinking skills is going to be rubbed the wrong way by something and it's going to bring up some questions. And while they're on the lookout for the boogeyman that he made up, deconstruction is going to waltz right in. So keep going, Ed, you ridiculous vegetable. I hope you get everything that you deserve. And everyone else, if you want to, as much as you can, stay woke. Thank you for joining me for some bad words. I certainly hope you had a better time listening to this episode than I did listening to Ed Young. If you enjoyed this, send me a sign. Leave a review on Apple or Spotify, show some love, and share some thoughts in the comment section on Instagram. Like I said, this was an unofficial warm-up for the next season of Bad Words. The plan is to tackle wild at heart and captivating. I'm still working out the details, but if you'd be up for talking through a chapter of one or the other with me, let me know. And that's it for now. I am Janice Legata, and this has been an episode of Bad Words, but here are some good ones. It's just a simple prayer. God grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man.